the Two Dead Chicks podcast. I'm Melissa. I'm Kia. And we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 3, Save the Last One today. Um, But first, as always, you can follow us on all the socials on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Two Dead Chicks. And you can find Kia Clarity, the number four Kia, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find me on those, uh, Music City Mel. And I'm, I believe we're also both on Snapchat. I know I am, and I think I think Kia is too, but we're we're still not great at Snapchatting. We are trying to get better. So uh, follow us on Snapchat so that we can learn to get better. <laughs> Maybe you can teach us how to do it. Um, and this has been really interesting. So as you guys know, this this podcast is very new. Um, <laughs> very, very new. And so it's been really cool to go through and kind of see where people might be tuning in from. And this is so cool to me. So we've had a, quite a few listeners coming from England. How cool is that? Super cool. I'm super posh. Is that a thing? It is a thing. I mean, is it you an know, appropriate like, thing? Po- like but... posh spice, like maybe posh spice is one of them. I mean, <laughs> probably not, but I mean, <laughs> A girl can dream. Um, but that is so cool. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. So, hey, England, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, England. I love y'all's accents. I just can't. I, I'm no good at that. I feel like you had a better accent when we were off mic. Do it again. Do what again? An English accent. An English accent. Okay. Um, how about this? You are listening to the Two Dead Chicks podcast. I'm Melissa, and this is my friend Kia. (laughs) (laughs) Call me Andy. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, shout out to all of our all of our subscribers and listeners in England and around the world and everywhere, and all the people that have been representing in our hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, and Ohio. Yes. I only I don't see a lot from Ohio, so I'm looking at all you guys. I was born and raised there. I spent decades there, and I'm coming for you if you're not listening to this. Sounds like y'all better get with it. I know it's a threat. It is a threat. She you shouldn't be threatening people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she it's not a serious threat, but you know she she might like you know she might be a little upset with you. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay, let's do this. All right. What'd you think? Another very productive episode. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm all for that. Anything that's better than, than Vatos for Mm -hmm. me. I mean, that's, that's like at this point, that is the, the token bad episode. Yeah. I feel like we had, um, people's like insanity coming out. Oh yes. Um, we had more dynamics, you know, um, from Rick and Shane and Lori. Um, we saw like a family dynamic with a lot of the other members of the group. We saw a little bit more development with Andrea because we just kind of left her off, like, yes, with her wanting to opt out and then we just kind of left it there and we also yeah we kind of see her also not get on our nerves completely this time so yeah. that's cool that's we're, <laughs> we, we welcome that Jeez. yeah all right so how does this open this opens with a figure 
in the bathroom giving himself a buzz cut and we very quickly see that it's Shane. Yes. Um, Looking wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and after he's done, like, he, like, wipes the condensation off from the premiere. And he's, like, giving himself, like, crazy eyes. Yes. It's insane. <laughs> You're like, what happened? Why are you yes. looking at yourself like that? Yes. And we're a fan of shower scenes, apparently. Like, this is, what, our third one? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Lots of things happen in showers, apparently. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Like, and I wasn't necessarily mad at it because the angles, the way they angled it, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not very, mad. Not yeah. mad at all. It's very D'Angelo. Like, how does it yes, feel? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right. We're going here. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. Um, uh, so after that, we're just left with that to mull over. Um, then we go back to the scene where we left, um, with Shane and Otis being, um, chased by walkers, but we don't hear any of that. We hear Rick's voice and he's telling Lori a story, a legendary story about how Shane stole the principal's car in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And vandalized it uh, via chicken. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, I heard, I heard this story, and I immediately was like, Shane got this idea from Saved by the Bell um, <laughs> because this is something that Zach did. And then I was like, you know what? I feel like Shane is Zach. Shane is Zach. Lori is Kelly. Oh my goodness! Look and at this. I want to say, I actually, I don't know. I want to say Rick is Screech. Wait, that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. <laughs> what? 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 I feel like Rick is Screech because he clearly idolized Shane. Okay. In high school. Okay. Like, it just seems like, it seems like now Rick is the one that's the alpha. But mm-hmm. I feel like before he's just... Because he's telling Lori the story that she's heard so many times. Mm-hmm. And he's just saying it with such reverence. Like, oh my God, Shane stole this car. And, yes. And I just, I just feel like Rick was a loser in high I, school. I love this analogy. <laughs> I think I think you just changed the game here. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> this just happened. Kia has made the the reference of all references here. I will always find a way to work in... Say by the bell or boy meets world. Okay. No matter what. Challenge me. Okay. Okay. I, I will remember that. <laughs> um, so Rick finishes the story and we're actually in the room with Rick and Lori and Carl now. And she's listening. She's, she's absentmindedly, but she's paying attention and, um, but she's focused on Carl and, um, you know, she's clearly heard some variation of this story before because he's, as he's, you know, telling this like punchline, mm-hmm. he's like, get it? Coop. He's like, principal, where's your, where's your coop? Like, he's like <laughs> chicken coop, you get it? She's like, I yep, got, got it. it. Got it. <laughs> Had it the first 50 times you told me. Right. Understood. <laughs> but she's not mean about it, but she's no. clearly just like, yeah, yeah, definitely got it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then Rick's like, you know what? Shane will be back and Carl will be okay. And, like, again, that is kind of where I got his um, 
dynamic with Shane in high school. Just the way he just was telling that story. And he's mm-hmm. like, Shane's legendary. He'll be back. Um, and, you know, Lori just looks at him and she's like, you need to keep your strength up. Um, please eat. And so she doesn't really... She doesn't really say either way whether she believes that's going to happen, but she's just like, yeah, get it together. Um, back at the RV, Daryl is trying to get some sleep on the floor, but he is stuck between uh, Carol sobbing and Andrea like loudly playing Tetris with everyone's gun. She's just putting pieces. Yes. She cannot know where these... <laughs> pieces of this gun <laughs> she's taking people's guns apart <sighs> seeing if she can fit it back together and uh girl for the course we should we shouldn't have expected any nope. anything else from andrea nope um so he's done he's like i'm just gonna go look for sophia in the dark <laughs> alone <laughs> that's be- that's better than this yes and andrea decides to come to like she's gonna make some big contribution here like what are you gonna do um, I think she can, she can scream. She can. This is true. She can warn of danger <laughs> when it's already there. It's kind of like in Mean Girls with the girl that says that her boobs can tell when it's, when it's going to rain. Well, actually it's when it's already raining. That's Andrea. <laughs> I can almost always find a Mean Girls reference. So together we've got, we've got the pop culture references on point yeah okay oh man um and uh as they walk out um dale is just like hey andrea and <laughs> you sure that's a good idea to be going out there he's like dale stop it calm down dude and she basically says the same thing like please please don't uh yes please don't let her go maybe she'll get eaten <laughs> i'm <just> saying <laughs> Oh my gosh, any Andrea fans hate us. Yeah, there Sorry. are none. Um, <laughs> TV, there are no TV Andrea fans. Um, True. Challenge us on that too. Yes, if there is a, this is an open call. Yeah. If anybody is an Andrea fan, a True Blue TV show Andrea fan, and I mean like from the beginning, not like she redeemed herself, none of that stuff. I mean from the beginning, we want to hear from you. If she redeemed herself, we don't... I, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm saying no matter what. No yeah. matter what. Whether you think she did something great, didn't do something... Whatever. It doesn't matter. You let us know. Yeah. We want to know. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. They're off searching in the dark uselessly. Um, and so, back at the high school, Otis and Shane have um, made their way up like some bleachers. And they try to figure out what's next. And they decide to um, make a break for it by having Otis hop down and draw the walkers away from Shane while Shane goes over to the next section of bleachers and goes through a window that Otis is too big to fit through. And then Otis will go through the locker room and escape through the windows in the locker room who are more his size, and then he'll double back and meet Shane in the football field. Sounds like a lot of work. It does. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. And I'm just like, why can't they both go through the locker room? Right. Why can't... 
stay together. It seems yeah. like safety in numbers at this point, but okay. Okay. <laughs> right? They're just like, yeah. That. I'll go along with you. <laughs> okay. They're, yeah, they're both, um, they're both down with this plan. <laughs> okay. This this is, I told you I, from the beginning, I felt like this was going to be, this was not going to go well. <laughs> this is not it. <laughs> So the plan kind of works, like very, very loosely works, as in as in Otis does hop down. Yes, like that he part does. went right. No, it does. And you still see again the recurring theme of these walkers here being, you know, Twilight rules and being absolutely insane because there's this one walker that's like got no legs and is scaling the floor and she has got like a, a table that she's somehow dragging but she's still going faster than everybody else she's like freak the michael myers of walkers <laughs> that's i don't hmm. what is that i want to know what like uh like rick said in i think it was like episode two like what drives these walkers yes there's because there is a difference mm-hmm. in the way some of them behave and i just i just need to know all the details i need to know all the things that would be helpful. Kirkman! <laughs> Kirkman, we need you. We're stuck. We're in a Kirkman- Kirkman-less world. I know. Um, we're going to get him. We are we're going to get him and talk. Universe. I want to talk. I want to know. I want I want answers. Gonna, um... Even if you just make them up to, to placate me, I will accept <laughs> that. I will accept that. I'm good. And then we'll come back later like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We need more answers. <laughs> Just kidding. I know we said we'd be fine, yeah. but that's not enough. Give us more. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, Otis hops down, and when he hops down, something happens with his ankle, uh, and then you know he's attracting those um, walkers doing army crawls, <laughs> and so then Shane goes to the next set of bleachers, and he busts out the window. He drops the book bag. Drops, I think his gut. He drops things out the window so that it can just be him that that jumps out of the window and so he he's kind of like bracing himself because mm-hmm. it, it is a very steep fall very <clears throat> again why couldn't they just go out through the <clears throat> otis sized locker room windows but uh, yep. no so as he's like bracing himself all of a sudden this walker bursts through the window and like grabs <laughs> grabs Shane by like his collar of his shirt. Yeah. Like Suge Knights them, like vanilla ice Suge Knight style. Yep. Like, and I'm like, exactly. Like, where is these walkers have a lot of wherewithal? They do. They're like threatening. But sometimes people. they don't. That's what's so funny about <laughs> yeah. it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Though right now he does. Yeah. Convenience. I mean, it's really like a threat. Like, uh, yeah, uh-huh. that made me laugh. Maybe he was like a gangster in, a, in his old life. I, I feel that we could be onto something with this theory. <laughs> Maybe it's my keen desire for answers, but I feel that we're onto something. Uh, so, so no, he didn't. He Shane didn't drop his gun because he ends up shooting that walker and falling. Yeah, and falling right on his ankle. Um, right. I I felt like that was a really steep fall, and maybe. Um, he should have sustained a little bit more of an injury from that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would have like really killed the guy by any stretch, but I don't think he'd be just walking away the way he, you know, does. That limp wasn't enough for you? I, I, no, not really. I mean, and Otis like twisted his ankle by jumping like not far at all. Yeah. And he like, you know, barely twists his ankle after falling out of a building. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Otis is an athletic. 
No, he's not. But is Shane, like, just made of steel? I mean, he could be, though. Like, I mean, you saw the shower scene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) He could be made of steel. It is plausible. This is a plausible explanation. Yeah. But you're right. It was, like... I feel like it could go either way because I I feel like if you maybe if he would have landed like on his like back or something it would I mean it definitely would have like hurt and and made him like sit there for a while yes but and if he would have landed a different way on his ankle he probably would have broken it and this could be part of um you know some kind of training that police officers do go through because you know that they have to be prepared for so many different types of situations and maybe this is something they do kind of prepare for about how to you know jump out of a building yeah (laughs) maybe not with zombies but i mean (laughs) just in normal life because they might have to make a quick escape so yeah but you're right it it was kind of like oh okay well (laughs) this is where we're at (laughs) um so uh per dale's instructions glenn and t-dog are now at the farm and (laughs) they're walking up to the door and they're discussing pleasantries. Like, should we knock? Should we ring the doorbell? Uh, and T-Dog's like, F that. <laughs> We're done with that kind of stuff. And only to find Maggie, like, sitting in the dark <laughs> on the porch, having heard their entire conversation. <laughs> and uh, so they're kind of startled. And she's like, hey, did you uh, did you close that fence? And, and, they, and they did. And so they said they're here to help. And they bring the um, painkillers and antibiotics mm-hmm. that was in Merle's stash. And Maggie takes them inside to see um, the Grimeses who are sitting vigil at Carl's bedside. Yes. And they're just like, hey, guys, you know, we're here. Whatever you need. And I think it shows what a family unit that they've all become. You know, mm-hmm. the, you could just tell how much T-Dog and Glenn care about you know, Rick, Lori, Carl, like they're, they're kind of, they've become like his uncles kind mm-hmm. of, and it's just a sweet moment. Yeah. Really sweet. Yeah. Um, and when they leave, Herschel, uh, pulls down the covers to reveal Carl's distended belly. Poor little girl. Yeah. And he says that if Shane and Otis aren't back soon, then they'll have to decide if they want Herschel to try to operate without the respirator. And the, I mean, that's like a, that's a crazy decision because it's like, oh, do you have to decide between Carl definitely dying or Carl probably dying? Exactly. Because either, either way, it's not, it's not good. And and I think Lori was just kind of, she was just taken aback because she's like, what do you mean decide? Yes. So that sucks. (sighs) Impossible. Impossible decision. Yeah. Impossible. Um, In the woods, Andrea and Dale, uh, not Dale, God, not Dale. Uh, (laughs) Andrea and Daryl are walking through the forest and, you know, Andrea kind of expresses her lack of confidence that they'll even find Sophia. But Daryl is super surprised that everyone thinks the worst. And he's like, I was a kid and I got lost for nine days while what's happening? Merle was in In Julie and his dad was off on a bender. Yeah. And he's like, I 
found my way back fine. And the only thing I got was like po- poison oak on my butt. <laughs> and they both have a chuckle about that. And I think that's, I think it's very optimistic of Daryl because Daryl and Sophia clearly grew up different. Very in, different lives. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I just don't, I don't see Sophia just standing out there for nine days and getting back. No. And Daryl had to learn to be so much more resourceful because clearly he had, he really had nobody growing up. Right. Um, Sophia, though she did not have her dad, she did have her mom. She had a very supportive mom. Right. You know, growing up. So very different situation. It is. But it's also nice that Daryl doesn't see the difference. He's just like, it, yes. Yeah. He sees the equality. I think all of this is so endearing about him. Mm-hmm. And just makes you just love him so much more. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I could love him more than chokeholds illegal. I know. <laughs> I find myself using that now in everyday sentences. Like, for no reason. <laughs> chokeholds illegal. I just love that. That's- <laughs> that's the best and I feel like I now talk in his Rick Grimes impersonation all the time mm-hmm. just because why not yeah. why wouldn't anybody do that Rick Grimes Rick Grimes <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so yeah I mean that was a that was a nice moment uh, back at the farmhouse Lori's out on the porch thinking like deep thoughts and Rick joins her and she's Basically says immediately, like, uh, maybe children shouldn't be in this world. And Rick's like, well, we have a child, so. <laughs> <laughs> Tough shit. Yeah. And she's like, no, I know. Maybe Carl shouldn't be in this world. And Rick cannot believe what he's hearing at all. Uh, and which is understandable because she was at the CDC days ago pleading yes. to let them have a chance. Yes. And he's like, what changed? And um, then she goes and she's like, you know what? Um, Just for a second, I forgot that Jackie died. Like, I went to talk to her about something, which I don't believe. I don't believe she and Jackie talked. But um, (laughs) she's like, I went to to tell her something. And I just realized that she didn't have to see it. She didn't have to feel the pain. She didn't have to see all this stuff. Um, And she was maybe a little jealous of her. Yes. And she's like, she doesn't have to feel afraid. She doesn't have to. Um, and um, Rick's like, I can't believe this is coming from you. And Lori begs Rick to give her a reason why it would be better that Carl lived. And he can't really say anything. I mean, that's fair. Um, I don't have kids. So this is hard for me to put myself in that situation. You don't have kids. Right. I mean, but let's just hypothetically, we have kids. Mm-hmm. What would you do? I mean, how would you feel about that? Do you think that he has, I guess, a, a quality of life is what she's, t- what she's speaking of? Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is still the ability to have that? Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Um, I don't think that, well, just like Herschel said in the last episode... Mankind has gone through plagues mm-hmm. before. I mean, not not the fl- not the zombie plague, right? But there was a quality of life when people yes. went through all those things, and you just don't think about it because that was so long ago. 
and like just the immediacy of the world stopping you're you're still in this old old frame of mind yes i mean who knows what you could do that's right um <clears throat> and it's also i think that quality of life it is what you make of it mm-hmm. it is what you make it to be and i think children have such an innate ability to be able to they're they're so innocent they find joy in small things right and so i think you know there is a place now granted there's a lot it's going to be different and you have to right. to teach them how to handle themselves and to handle other people mm-hmm. um but it's just a matter of it's it's evolving right i think children would would be the ones that would benefit the most um from because they're so young because she's stuck on the way it was exactly and children are just like this is how it is yes and this is what i know yes but i can't really fault her either because that's tough just seeing all these just seeing people ripped apart it is like it is and you know the potential of losing i mean she doesn't you don't know what their their fate is i mean they could die tomorrow and Mm -hmm. then he's left with, with nobody but you know I just, I feel like you got to give them a chance. Right. Give them a chance. Give them a fighting chance. And you know what? It may all go to hell, but you right. got to try. Exactly. And I, I think that's, that was Rick's problem with it. It was just like the defeatist attitude. It's yes. like, it's, it would be one thing if it's like, oh, I don't, I mean, cause people struggle with this now. Like, I don't know if I want to bring a child into this world or whatever. Absolutely. Um, and that's definitely a point to consider for, for, if, you know, people got pregnant in here and that's something to consider, but for something that is for a, a kid that's already here. Yes. I think you just give up on them. No. And Lori clearly never read the secret because she's putting all this bad juju out in the universe. Girl, that's going to come back. I've never read the secret either. I, I heard that. I, th- I think I've heard that the secret is full of crap. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so find out. But I don't think I don't I don't know if that's the book I'm thinking of. Basically, it's just about you know putting putting uh, your what what you want or don't want you know out in the universe and attracting. It's just laws of attraction. It's, oh, okay. it's laws of attraction. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and so she's putting all this bad juju out in the universe. Yeah. Girl. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard to judge her, but at the same time, it's very easy. It is. I, I my advice at this point to Laura would be careful, mm-hmm. careful with all of the negativity. Yeah, stop it. Because if anything, if Carl does survive, she's imparting that negative attitude to him. Yep. So of course he's gonna. If that's what his mom is doing. Of course, that's how he's going to see stuff. You have to be strong for your kid. Yeah. Um, so that was a rough conversation. And back inside, Rick and Lori, um, they sit silently outside of Carl's room. Um, and I, I, I liked the way that was blocked because they're sitting like on the corner, though the edge of a wall where like two walls meet. Mm-hmm. And so they're sitting next to each other, but Rick's on one side of the wall in the light. Mm-hmm. And Lori's on the other side of the wall in the darkness. Yes. And that's basically where they are. That's exactly They're together, where they but they're apart. Um, and they hear Carl cough, so they, they like, dash inside. And um, Carl's like, where am I? <laughs> 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 and, uh, after, you know, that gets out of the way, the first thing he wants to talk about, he wants to tell his mom 
about that deer. The deer. Yeah. And I, I feel like, so, you know, we were just talking about recently about how Rick was, was asking, uh, asking God for a sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you kind of up to this point kind of think, Ooh, I don't like that. You just got a bad sign, dude. Your son just got shot. Yeah. <laughs> when this guy is hunting for a deer. I mean, what? But I kind of feel like this is when the miracle happens because it shows his resilience as, as a person, as a child. And um, just the fact that that was the first thing he thought of. It wasn't about anything bad. It wasn't about how much pain he was in. It's about the deer. And in his eyes, that's something very magical. And so to me, that represents hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's going to also give Rick hope. Yeah. I hope so. Give him hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he he he's on he's on a deer kick because he's like it was so close. I got so it didn't move. It just let me come up close to it, and then suddenly he just like just trails off, and his head just like lolls to the side, and um, he starts like seizing. And it took a few seconds for that seizure to happen, mm-hmm. and my heart stopped the first time I ever watched this episode. And even now, when I go back and rewatch it, like even though, like I know, okay, okay, he he, you know, he starts moving again, my heart stopped. I'm like, this kid's done that after the miracle happened. Well, mm-hmm. there went my miracle, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> uh, no, he's not dying, but he's having, he, yeah. He's it's, having a rough day. Yeah, it is. And like Rick and Lori are, are horrified. And and like Rick wants to stop it. And Herschel's like, no, you got to let him go through it. If you try to hold him down, you could hurt him. This is true. Um, and so they just have to watch their son go through this. And after Carl is done with that, Herschel explains that he needs more blood because not enough is getting to his brain. And Rick's immediately, like, he just puts his arm on, like, let's do it. And Herschel cautions that more blood can result in, like, cardiac arrest or a coma for mm-hmm. Rick. He doesn't care. Well, he's been through a coma before. He'll wake up. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, Herschel. You don't understand. This is Rick. This is not any average Joe here. Rick. This is not Otis. <laughs> this is Rick. Okay. <laughs> That's the tagline for the show. This is Rick. <laughs> Said by James Earl Jones. <laughs> yes. Um, back at the high school, uh, both Otis and Shane are just limping around. And they find each other. And um, they shoot some walkers. And once they start moving together, they're they're trying to figure out how to uh, escape the situation. But mm-hmm. they are very quickly running out of ammo. I don't think he took Rick's gun in, did he? No. Well, clearly not. Yeah. Was not prepared. <laughs> he tried. He tried to give it to you. Yep. Okay. Um, so back in the woods near the highway, Daryl and Andrea are just having like a leisurely stroll. Um, and they find a man who hung himself, um, but not before he wrote a suicide note in the form of a, like, it's like a limerick. Limerick. It is the best. (laughs) What did it say? Uh, Got bit, fever hit, world's gone to shit, might as well quit. (laughs) 
I would have liked this guy. I feel. Um, I appreciate that he had this like kind of a sense of humor yeah. about it. Like, well, all right, we're done. I, I like this guy already. And see, like I was sitting here, like we've seen, we've seen someone turn into a walker. I mean, granted, it was Jim, and he was weird anyway. But do you have the presence of mind to just start writing poetry? I guess somebody does. Maybe he, you know. These people in their past lives, maybe he was a musician or a, or, or a writer. You know, you never yeah. know. Uh, I, I, I kind of rolled my eyes at that because I was like, do you really need a suicide note at this point? In this, I think, if, I, think if, I, I think we figured, I think we understand. Yep, we do. <laughs> but oh, it's great for comedic value, in this sense. <laughs> especially if it's, a, if it's a, a poem of this caliber. I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, Daryl, Daryl like berates him. He's like, "Oh, this dummy he didn't even know." Shoots him the head. Dang, Daryl. And Andrea kind of finds the whole situation and just the sight of it disgusting, and she ends up throwing up. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's mean again. Um, and Daryl wants to leave. And Andrea's like, aren't you going to, like, put it down? And um, Daryl's like, no, it's a waste of an arrow. And I think this is just, um, I think Andrea's attraction to this person who, this walker who was a person who committed suicide is because that's where she was. And she she just kind of is like, oh, is this, I, I just think she still has that pull. Like, I did too. So, mm-hmm. um, I think Daryl senses that too because he's like, "What's your deal? Are you are you are you trying to live now or what?" Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I'll give you an answer if you agree to put it down." Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "All right," and so her answer is basically, "I don't know." Well, <laughs> that I mean, I feel like that's cheating. Child <laughs> <laughs> call illegal, Andrea. <laughs> Right. Daryl says as much as like that's not an answer. Um, and so yeah, I, I'm like I, I liked it a little bit, but again, we had to come back to Andrea's the worst. Oh yeah, and and it was a waste of an arrow. Yeah. Answer or no answer. Mm-hmm. He's not hurting anybody up there. Yeah. Leave him alone. Um back at the farmhouse, Patricia is stitching up T Dog's arm. And he's like, he's like, he's like, and that's gross because he doesn't have any, like nothing's numbed. Nope. So he, <laughs> he's just like trying not to jerk around in pain. And she's like, oh, those antibiotics saved your life. And they're like, where'd you, are you Merle Dixon? No. Okay, Patricia. No. Decidedly not. Yeah. And they figure out who Merle is and why he had it. And then like, Trisha's like, well, <laughs> it's your lucky day. Merle Dixon's clap is the best thing that happened to you. Oh, <laughs> like, I feel that is a low blow here at this point for 
poor T Dog. Right. Can oh. you imagine, you know, this is T Dog oh. and <laughs> he has had his encounters with Merle. Yes, he has. And then you just have to come and say, I'm like, oh, Merle and his gross venereal disease saved your life. Merle is is there is getting digs in from wherever the hell he is today. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see him going. <laughs> T oh, Dog probably can too. Yep. He's just like, I was really trying not to think of that. Yep. <laughs> and you just put it out there. Thanks, Thanks Patricia. <laughs> um, so then Glenn, like, uh, actually, no, Maggie walks out to the porch and finds Glenn out there. And she's like, What are you doing? Are you praying? He was like, oh, Nosy. I know. <laughs> well, actually, I was. <laughs> it was my first time. It's like, Way to go, Maggie. Um, and. You know, like, what are you praying for? He's like, I'm praying for my friends. I was like, oh, that's a nice thing. It is. To pray for. And he asks if she believes in God. And she's like, yes, but it has wavered uh, slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she's like, you yeah, know, do, do you. Um, you can believe in God if you want to. But she says she, you still have to find a way to make everything okay for yourself. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Be that good or bad. Yeah. Um, and I don't like how do you how do you do that? Well, I think I think it kind of even goes back to uh the you know, the last episode. Like we were talking about um when T Dog is, is searching for his antibiotics and he comes across the car seat mm-hmm. and kind of and like what you said, you know, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep going. Somehow you have to find that inner strength. You just gotta keep going. Yeah. Um yeah, that I, I think that's how you make it okay. Is it okay? Absolutely not. Are you okay? Probably not. But you have to keep going because that's that's all that's left. Maggie should have probably had this conversation with Lori. Yes, she should have. <laughs> Because she definitely needs to hear it right now. Yeah. Um, back in Carl's room, um, Carl is still unconscious while Rick and Lori sit by his bed. And Rick explains that magic moment that happened between Carl and the deer. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, that's what he was talking to you about. And... Rick thinks that there's a reason that Carl wanted to talk about it as soon as he woke up. And he thinks that there is still beauty in the world for Carl to have, but they just have to be strong enough to believe it. Absolutely. He read the secret. (laughs) (laughs) Laws of attraction. Put it out there, baby. Yeah. Uh, And that's a... uh, Lori looks like she's thinking about that she's taking it under advisement (laughs) in the ways that Lori does yeah uh back at the high school it is not looking good for (laughs) told you doomed mission told you yeah otis and shane are like both falling on their weak ankles and they're out of ammo for their rifles all they have is their handguns, and even then, they only have 10 rounds between them. Uh, and the walkers are definitely advancing on them. Yes, not in my, in my opinion, it wasn't like 
full on like track star advancing, it was still, (laughs) (laughs) it was still, I, I just still think that they had the advantage as humans, even with their weak ankles to get a little bit ahead of them. But I think they were just, you know, panicked shooting off rounds and they're just like, oh, I, it's <laughs> it's the end. Yeah. Um, and so Shane tries to get Otis to leave him. Um, but Otis says that they both have to try. And so they both get up and they start limping and shooting and trying to get away. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just looking bad. Um, and so back at the farmhouse, Herschel comes in, um, and he's like, we have to make a decision now. I don't, um, believe that your boy has any time left. You have to make a decision on whether or not you want me to operate without those things that I said I needed to operate with. (laughs) And Rick tells Lori, he's like, you have to be the one to make the choice. And she, she just is like, okay, well, let's do surgery. And so they move Carl from the bed to this like makeshift operating table. And just as Herschel's about to cut, they hear a truck approaching. And it's Shane with all of the equipment that they need, mm-hmm. but without Otis. There is no Otis. There's no Otis. And Shane kind of looks haunted. Um, and he's telling Rick and Lori and Maggie about Otis's last moments because after Herschel has confirmed that Otis didn't make it, he's just like, okay, well, I still got to do what I got to do. Don't and don't tell Patricia because yeah. I need her yeah. present. That's a hard choice. Um, yeah. And... It's totally um, a Grey's Anatomy move, by the way. That's totally happened on the show. Who? Um, Scott Foley's character. What was his name on the show? Harry? Henry? Hen- yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dr. Altman is performing a surgery, and they can't go tell her that, that Henry That's died on right. the table. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy reference. Guys, we are full of pop culture <laughs> references today. This is great. We're on it. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, Herschel, Henry's Patricia. Um, and as Shane is telling everybody else about Otis, it seems like Otis um, had a change of heart because earlier, you know, Shane's like, leave me. And then Otis decided, like, you know what? You need to leave me because you need to be the one to um, get this stuff back to Carl. And... Um, Everyone is like touched at Otis's sacrifice. Uh, and um, as Shane explains more, like, you know, well, you know, I left like Otis told me to. And then when I look back, he was just, he was gone. He was gone. And so Rick hugs him because he knows that was like a rough thing for him to witness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at the highway, Daryl and Andrea finally made their way back to the RV and that they were like, yeah, we didn't find anything. Of course you didn't. It's, it's midnight. That's right. (laughs) We found a walker that likes to write poetry. Yeah. Uh, so Daryl goes back in the RV, but, uh, Dale stops Andrea before she can go. And he basically apologizes for being gross. He's like, um, I care about you. And that made me make some decisions about you that weren't mine to make. Um, 
and I'm sorry for taking away your gun like you're a child. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> she's still kind of a child, but we'll give it to you, Dale. Yeah. It's the right thing. Let, let her do what she's gonna do. Exactly. And he... He's like, um... Please don't make me regret this. And it's like, Dale, I feel like you're not getting the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. And he's like, do you forgive me? Who cares? Right. If she forgives you. She's like, I'm trying. Ugh. She's so magnanimous. So dramatic. <laughs> uh, back at the farmhouse, Maggie, we see Maggie in the kitchen and she's crying about Otis She's known him since she was a child. And um, Glenn is in there with her. And he wants her to tell him who else she lost as a way to come to terms with everything and make it okay Mm -hmm. for her. And so she goes to the refrigerator, which I think is so old school and charming because there are pictures of people... (laughs) Agreed. I don't have pictures. Well, no, I take that back. I Well, I have pictures, but they were like ones that were printed on like Christmas cards. Right. Because it's <clears throat> July and I still have Christmas cards on my refrigerator. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> um, yeah, these are candid photos. They're just like, she's like, uh, this is my stepmother and this is my stepbrother. And so, yeah, she she finally just admits that they're, they're, they're lost. Yes. Um, and outside on the porch, Rick and Lori are waiting for um, for Herschel to finish. And they look very cute together. Like, Rick is just, like, sitting there with his hands kind of up by his face. And Lori has her hand on top of his. And she has her head on his shoulder. It looks like very, like, an Olin Mills portrait. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was, I was like, they they look pretty. They're like the perfect little couple. Oh, yeah. Looking. Perfect looking. Right. Um, there it is. There it is. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, you know, they're brought together because of the, the danger their son is in. And then Herschel comes out. He's like, looks like he'll make it. Yay, Carl. <laughs> um, and so he's like, now I have to tell Patricia. Um, and so Rick's like, you go talk to Lori, you go with, um, you go be with Carl and I'll go with Herschel to deliver the news about Otis to Patricia. (sighs) Sad day. Yeah. Um, and so they cut to the kitchen and you just like hear Patricia just like wailing. It's so sad. Yeah. Super sad. And I mean, just again, like Rick's just like the stand up dude. He is because I mean, you know, if this was pre-apocalypse and something like this happened, like this is like the equivalent of the cop car pulling in the driveway, you know, yeah. and finding out the bad news. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that Rick that does that. He does that. He still, you know, brings that element to it. Yeah. Um. So back in Carl's room, um, Lori gets on the bed with him, and. Then Shane kind of slides into the room and um, they they kind of think they only have like a one word conversation. She like Shane's just there and Lori's looking at him and she just says, stay. Yes. Why? 
<laughs> Why does he need to stay? Uh, maybe she's just so overcome with. I mean, because you know, I think, I think so. And I mean, I, I think she's torn. I think she loves him. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think she loves him. I think she absolutely does. I think she doesn't want to, and she's fighting it with everything she's got because she knows it's absolutely wrong. She loves that man. I don't. Okay. I think she does. I don't think she does, but I don't really have anything to. I don't have anything to refute it. I just don't think she does. And I and I, I cannot go super much, like a lot further into that part without you know going you know launching forward into other episodes. But I do think that she loves him. Like I mean, she, one minute it's oh, I want you to go away, and now it's oh, I want you to stay. She wants him to stay. Mm-hmm. She totally does. And, and I mean, you can't take away the fact that you know. Yes, they thought he made you know. Did, did Shane lie, whatever, say that he was dead and he wasn't? I don't really know if I'd call that a lie or if it was just a, he thought he was. I mm-hmm. mean, um, they shared something very special in those moments and, and they had a real relationship, however brief it was. And he took care of them and provided for them. And I think, I think she's, I think she loves him. Now, I do, I think that she loves him as much as she loves Rick or in, um, no, but I think, it's a different kind of love. I, I just, I think she does love him. Okay. Um, well, he takes, he takes her request under advisement and he walks out of the room and Maggie catches him and gives him some clothes and tells him where the bathroom is. And she's like, they're not going to fit well. Well, they are Otis's like, dang. Just, <laughs> it's like, just keep piling wow. on. <laughs> just like, here's some clothes. They belong to a dead man. Um, they just die with you. Yeah. Imagine that. So here is uh, where we see like the D'Angelo she, scene. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's where we started off and it's also where we discover Shane's web of lies mm-hmm. um, because as he's like checking himself out in the mirror, he notices a patch of his hair is missing. Mm-hmm. And so he starts frantically looking for clippers and he starts remembering the night's events that um, took place after we left them. Um, and they are a little different from what he told people. Oh, just a little. <laughs> uh, and so, Otis and Shane are like doing their run limp and they both shoot their second to last round. They're like, I only have one more left. And then Shane just looks at him. He's like, sorry. And Otis is, looks confused. And then Shane shoots him in the leg. Uh, and Otis goes down, but like not without a fight. No. Cause he is grabbing Shane. He takes Shane down. Um, he's grabbing his book. He's not letting Shane get away from him. And, like Shane like kicks him in the face mm-hmm. and trying to get away. And then he, uh, Otis manages to grab some of Shane's hair and Shane is still like wrestling and he rips himself away and the hair comes out mm-hmm. when he does that. And just as he gets away, the walkers have come and they descend on Otis and they eat him alive. Yes, they do. And oh, the, the screams. Yeah. But okay, I have to, I just have to ask here. Do you think, you know, just a little bit ago, you know, Shane said, you know, leave me. Mm-hmm. Do you think he meant that? Do you think that was a sincere leave me? I do. 
Okay. Yeah. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I actually think so too. But then he realized only one of them, it, it was going to be one, you know, it was not going to be both of them. That was going to make it out. Like they just could not physically do it. Um, and he knew that he was slow. Like, I mean, Shane knew that he was slow at that mm-hmm. moment um, because of his ankle or whatever that he injured when he fell or. Okay. <laughs> so um, I think he knew that he, he needed that distraction uh, from himself and somebody had to go. And if he wasn't going to opt, he, if he wasn't going to take the out. <laughs> bye. <laughs> I'm going to take it. See, I, I don't think, I don't think it was necessary for both of them. I think they wasted time, um, fighting, yes. like shooting, like all the time when Shane shot him and then yes. fighting on the ground, they could have been. Oh, I um, agree. And so I don't think it was necessary for one of them to go, at least not at the point. Where we From saw before, it. right? No, I agree. But at the when we come to them at, at the end here, they are you know caving in on them essentially. All these all these walkers and I, yeah. There's no way they would have made it out of there. I don't I don't buy that because like I said, they spent time fighting and getting shot and all this stuff that they could have. I tell well, they made a real big to do about <laughs> their limping and stuff. Yeah. Like like they couldn't go any faster. Right, and so they didn't go any faster. Nope. And so Shane would have made the same time as he did um, with Otis or without Otis. And I, like I said, I think that they were faster with the than the Walkers, even with the limp and all the time they spent fighting and arguing and on the ground. They could have, they could have cleared it. Oh, that was opinion. that was ridiculous. Yeah, they that was way too much time. Yeah. I could have maybe given him, given it to him a little bit more if they hadn't had all the fighting, you know, before Shane right. got if away. He, yeah, if he yeah, just like, shot him and left, that means boom, done. Yeah. That's it. No, I agree with that. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but either way, Shane, I just, I just feel like the ease with which Shane lied about yes. that, like he just made up this entire narrative. Yes, he did. Um, and do you think he crafted that in the car? Or did he just make it up? Like I honestly think it just it just spills out yeah. of him like naturally. Yes. Um He is a true survivalist. He's a sociopath. But I mean it's also a survival thing too for him, I think. I mean I yes, I agree. He's totally a sociopath and he's absolutely out of his mind. But um I feel like you you see all these things playing on his face in mm-hmm. this scene. I mean, he's not saying anything. And I think you see him hit, hit this breaking point. Um, and I think this is when, you know, you realize just how far that he will go. Um, and he, he looks at Carl like a son mm-hmm. and Lori as, as his, as his. Yeah. And he will literally do anything to make sure that they are safe. And he did. And he, I think he, and I think he even realizes in that moment, just how far he would go. Yeah. And I think he's okay with it. He's, he's definitely okay with he's it. He's very okay with it. I also feel like, going back to my Zach Morris point, Zach Morris <laughs> was also a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, right there, I'm like, you guys were peas in a pod. Because Zach would do literally do anything mm-hmm. to, to get his way. Yes. If he thought something, I mean, he's like giving subliminal messages to girls mm-hmm. to date him. Yep. And it's just just real like reprehensible things that you're like, why? <laughs> like, why would anybody like this guy? 
but he's charming and he so Shane. Shane's charming. Oh yes, too. he is. And so yeah, I just think <laughs> those two are peas in a pod. They are, and I okay. I could not help but to think about this. So as Shane is giving himself his his buzz cut, I could not help but to think about the Coco Chanel quote: um, <laughs> "A woman who cuts her hair is about to change her life." <laughs> Granted, Shane's not a woman, but. I do think that this is representative of what is to come. Like he, he has clearly hit something here. There, there is some, yeah, like a breaking point, whatever. And it's like, he's kind of shedding the former life of what he was like the, the good person that I do think he was at one point. I mean, like, he wasn't, I, I mean, yes, he's a sociopath, but I don't think he was always completely batshit crazy, you know, from, mm-hmm. From before. Um, so I think he's he's shedding a little bit of that and this is this is the new Shane. I mean, yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. But he's also still lying. I mean he's he may it may be the quote unquote new Shane, but it's not I still think he's trying to um uh still like represent the remnants of what he was to him. Because I feel like if he was just like full on Crazy. Oh no, I agree. Yeah. I, I think um I think it's just a matter of I think it's more representative of how far he's realized he's willing to go. Okay. And he's you know, he's willing to to cross all of the lines. Okay. All lines are completely blurred now. Like if it means killing a person, that's what he'll do. Yeah. He'll do it. Because he's right. shame. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, guys, we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back. are back with our death toll um gosh kia i had another another big fat goose egg i, I don't feel like i would have died in this episode unless you were with a shame yeah but i wouldn't have gone with him because <laughs> i would have been worthless and i know that so i'm probably like you know in the camper <laughs> you know i went to the to the farmhouse and you know trying to make myself useful okay what about you no. No. Okay. All right. And our MVP of this episode, at least for me, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call this one on Merle Dixon's clap. <laughs> at least for T-Dog, it was the MVP. That was the MVP. Um, and honestly, we could also say Shane, because essentially Shane did save the day for Carl, even if he ended the day for Otis. <laughs> <laughs> He ended all of Otis, Otis's days. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I didn't. I don't. I didn't have an MVP. No MVP. No. But I had. Um, what was the other thing you said? Best what? Yeah, best be, best performance. Okay. Best performance. Is that what you said, or were you still talking about MVP? I was on the MVP, but we okay. can move on because I'm done with that. Oh. <laughs> Let's move right along. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I didn't have an MVP. Um, but, but, yeah, speaking of Shane as an MVP, I had him as my best performance. Um, because, yeah, he went to crazy town, and it was very apparent as soon as you saw the opening shot of him yep. looking at himself. And you didn't even know what happened, but you were like, okay. <laughs> Shit just got real. Yeah. 
Uh, and then a flip of the switch, he's over here talking about how Otis was like, you go ahead and I'll, I'll cover you. Save no. the boy. Save the <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. And he just, the way he just got into it, you're like, yes. okay, <laughs> this guy's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> insane. Yeah. But it was just, it was, it was believable. I, I liked it a lot. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. I I would agree with that. I also would like to add Carl. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. I mean, granted, he wasn't in it a whole lot, but um, you know, I, I just I love the moment when he starts talking about the deer. I'm I was a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. So go Carl, go Chandler Riggs. <laughs> did you have a worst? I didn't hate Andrea, so no, I didn't have a worst. Woo, Andrea, you made it through this episode. <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't really have one. Um, I still didn't like, I just, I don't know. This whole Otis thing, it's just, I'm on it, okay? Like, I'm still on this. And and I'm on the fact that, why did they have to sit there and fight as, whatever, Otis shit list. <laughs> but doesn't matter, because you're dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, any any closing comments for this episode? No, I'm interested in finding out if people figure out that Shane is a lying liar who lies and a murderer. Like, lying liar who lies. Say that five times fast. Like that could change the dynamic a little bit. Just a little. Um, but no, I I like this episode. I did too. Again, it's not, it's not Vatos, so yeah. you know it's going to be better than that. Okay, guys. Well, as usual, you can find us on a line, twodeadchicks.com and you can find us on all the socials, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Two Dead Chicks. You can also find Kia, Clarity, the number four Kia, and me, Music City Mel, all on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Uh, and we look forward to talking to you guys again soon. And shout out to all of our England listeners. Thank you, London. And good night. <laughs>